You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is On Principle Challenge in Jewish Education, and uh, I'm so happy we have our yearly visit with Rabbi Yossi Kenigsberg, who is the um, what would you what would you say your your official title is the principal English principal? But what's what's your official title there? Yeah, I mean uh, it's principal of Sifti um, Yisode Israel. Um, I mean I do basically work with the English department that uh, you know on a practical level. Yeah. Yes, right. But I know as we talked in previous uh, conversations that we've had in Yisode uh, Israel, um, their attitude towards their students in terms of the integration of the Chol and uh, the emphasis they put on it. Uh, you aren't just a, uh, a hired hand who comes in to just run an English department. We've talked about it in previous uh, right. episodes. I actually, I actually, you know, and, and as beautiful as that was to hear about what, what was occurring in Yisodi Yisrael and how uh, the advancements that Turo and, and its high schools were making, um, I actually want to just broaden things a little bit here because I think that, and you can maybe contrast your school to others and maybe schools that even we went to when we were younger, uh, because I think this is a period where a lot of, uh, as we approach Pesach now, this big break, uh, where a lot of schools really are dealing with, uh, you know, some issues that uh, the uh, interface, I guess, between uh, the home environment, which is going to now happen for a number of weeks, and the high school environment. And I, I think we can maybe bifurcate it between a high school environment where it's the students primarily um, uh, are there only, let's say, during the week and go home um, or even go home every night to places where, like schools that we were familiar to, like the yeshivas we went to and whence I went for high school, where students really are away from their parents. And I think what happens now, um, and I think you agree that you have a, a, an intense period of reinvolvement with family and community uh, where the student comes from. And that's a, that's, that's, that's a lot different than what goes on day to day. And you know, the school obviously is, it's not just they're matriculating to the next year, but they're having this break for three weeks. So first of all, let's talk about how you ready your students and what would be like the proper way to ready them for this, for this big break. And they're meeting their parents again and being involved in the family as much as they are now. Right, so, so I, I don't think we, we talk you know, extensively um, about that topic per se, um, but I, I, I would like to think that um, in general, the way we, we provide, you know, chinuch for these boys is to um, educate them how to be a good citizen, a good um, family member, ultimately maybe even a good husband, um, which, you know, considering it's high school, it's not so um, outlandish to think that's... Uh, an upcoming event in their lives. So to sort of plant those uh, those seeds so that they can function um, in those different areas of their lives. 
So, so I, I, I guess what you're trying to say is that um, that that you want them, obviously, not just to, you know, to uh, to just be exactly as they are in the school campus. Um, they know that eventually they're going to have to join what we call the real world, and it's going to be pretty good practice for them is when they go home to to practice that type of derech eretz and understanding and tolerance um, that that might not necessarily be, you know, match the intensity of what goes on uh, during during the school year, like where there's a lot of, whether it's the way they're learning in the base medrash or the way they're, the competition in, in, in classes. I mean, this is more, going home, you're saying is more like, this is, this is maybe what it's going to be like when, after you leave yeshiva and you're just, you know, you're a good bala boss, you're part of the world. Right. I mean, yeshiva is a social laboratory, and so is the home. It's a different type of social laboratory. I mean, we, we have our uh, rules and our expectations and uh, of them in, in that setting. And, and uh, in their home, they may have very different types of expectations. I mean, there's, uh, we're, we're, we're hoping that um, the average home is 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 a functional one. Uh, may not necessarily be that way, but uh, we're we're, ho- we're hoping that it is. Um, and yeah, we're I like I like to think that we're we're preparing them um, not just in terms of their uh, academics and in terms of their learning, but 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 as you say, to to, to function in um, in the world and. A big part of that is how, how to function in, in, in a family setting. And it, but again, we're not giving them specific, we don't provide them with, with, with a, a, a list, you know, when, when you go home, uh, make sure you do the following, you know, uh, you know laundry and shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's sort of just general guidelines, I guess. Um, um, yeah. I, I, I see sort of two things, you know, spurring up here one specifically as you say you know laundry and and other stuff especially during Pesach when uh you know now that you know I I guess today was like your last day right or today was the last day right so now they have like a week before Pesach and everything around them is you know they're assuming that you know that they're a typical orthodox home there's a lot of cleaning there's a lot of car vacuuming there's going to be rushing to the stores there's going to be last minute pickups at the airport there's going to be you know get the house uh spotless uh are you going to be helping with Badika's comments you know we need someone out there uh, let's rush to the to the store and get some flashlights. Or if it's even as the Seder night begins, um, you know, making sure that somebody's got the pillows ready. I mean, there's a, a a wealth of activity that's unmatched during another type of the year. And especially you can see how a mother or father will be quite tense. Okay, now he's back. All right, <laughs> we've been waiting to put you to work. So I think that's 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 one specific thing. I think the second thing is is that. You know, and, and I and I felt this, and maybe you did too, Yossi, when we were uh, students together. As you know, when we would come home after a long period of time, it was almost like, um, are, "Are you going to impose upon me like your from attitudes that you have now, or the chumras that you've been makabel from from yeshiva?" Um, and I, I think sometimes parents who, you know, I think there's probably two types of parents. I think there are some parents that are somewhat wary 
of the kid coming back, especially as a 10th or 11th grader, where he might just be this, you know, know it all. Oh, this is what my Rebbe taught me. This is the way we have to do things. And, you know, I think that's, that's, that's something that, whether it's Pesach or Rosh Hashanah, whatever it is that the kid is coming home, I think that's also, uh, uh, there's some possible tension that could arise there with, you know, uh, a, a child seeing some sort of hanhaga by their parents that runs counter to what they've seen in school or what they've heard about, or just the kid is so full of himself based on what he's learned that he already thinks that he can challenge uh, things that, you know, halachas or minhagim or even sort of, um, I would say, uh, you know, attitudes and customs that aren't necessarily, let's say, and we use the Yiddish word, they're not oiskal, you know, like you know, all of a sudden, is that the kiddush you make, Dad? You know, aren't you supposed to say more than just, uh, you know, yomashishi? I mean, isn't that just a half of a pusik? I mean, that's wrong, right? So I think when we have kids at this age, especially when they're just, if they're discovering themselves, uh, the potential for, um, you know, sort of the, these type of conflicts comes up. So why don't you uh, respond to what you think about both of these, the Pesach specifically, or in general, the, you know, meeting, you know, the more mature child who has developed his own sensibilities or what he's been hearing from his from his teachers. Yeah, that, that, that's that's really a huge topic. Uh, and a huge area of, of concern um, that, that that can lead to strife. Um, you know, yeshiva sees it as, as its mandate to to mold and develop these these young men um, into um, people who are going to follow the. Uh, halacha, as, as, as the yeshiva sees it, and their homes may not be um, congruent with that, and that you know that that's that's a classic problem, uh, and and it, it really you know re- requires sensitivity um, on both parts. I mean, you know, any, any yeshiva has to have that. Uh, um, any yeshiva that has has a, a group of boys who have come from diverse families, and, you know, if it's a yeshiva that has very um, standardized group of students, so uh, okay, maybe they don't have to be so concerned. But uh, yeshiva such as ours and and, and many uh, yeshivas today um, have to know they're going to have a diverse group. So so what what they present to to, to the boys has to be um uh, not modified but but just presented in in, in in a sensitive way that um was sort of that uh that that preface perhaps this is not exactly how it's done at your home um, um you know nevertheless don't your job isn't to be the um you know the mashkiach your job isn't to be the the uh, uh, you know, to control what's what, what's going on. You know, you're you're open to suggest what you learned, but not to to be the dictator, um, because otherwise um, the, the potential for for strife is is just too, too right. Yeah. So, so I, I guess what it, you know maybe what it calls for. And again, I know you have the ear of the of the teachers and the rebbeim there. Uh, a little bit of a crash course and keep it up again 
you know, before the kids go home. You know, that might be, you know, some good reminders about, you know, you know, uh, you know the, what is exactly in Kibbutz and where it doesn't, where, you know, you, you're not supposed to, where you do draw the line and where you realize that the idea of relying on alternate opinions or also uh, in tandem with that is the uh, directives guiding us in the midst of tochacha of, of how to uh, tell a person how he's doing something correctly or incorrectly and the correct way to do it and especially how that is, is important when you're dealing with your parents or older brothers or sisters so i think you know both of those things might be the type of things that the, the students would gain from uh because i think both of us realize that that when you know the, that that the pure halacha has a beautiful way to solve this, knowing when to give in and understanding, and maybe you need a little bit of the fifth shulchan aruch as well to understand that. Right. I mean, I mean, teenagers uh, um, have this um, th- these delusions of grandeur very often um, that, uh, and, and they feel um, when they're right. There, there's um, um, that's just the way it is. There, there, there's, there's not politics. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, In other words, they, they don't you know, know about trade. There's very little gray there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I guess it is hard, you know, especially you know, an adolescent is forming who they are, you know, out of the ooze of of childhood and preteen situations now they're sort of they want things to be firmed up to say what they are and unfortunately that sometimes creates a sharp edge when you know when they when they encounter the people who who did the most in shaping them which are their parents and that's part of the reason why the parents push buttons i think for them that they're not even aware uh what what would you say about the first question i was talking about was about pesach specifically Do, do you see that as like um you know, you know I, I remember when I used to come home for Pesach, my, my mother would say, okay, here's the vacuum, the car is ready for you. Um, I mean, I, you know, and um, do you think that's something that, that, that perhaps your students could also be, or students in general, not just Elkins Park, but the students everywhere should be said, okay, you guys are going home, we're giving you off a week early, now it's your time to you know, to roll up your sleeves and, you know, get down on your knees, you know. And... Right. So, yeah, I'm not sure I would put it that way, but, um, you know, um, sort of be available. Um, but it's a little bit one of those areas where um, when you get to the specifics like that, um, I, I think we have to allow the, the home to kind of dictate where, where they want to go with that. Um, yeah, yeah, every home's going to have different expectations. I mean, some, some homes, maybe they're going away for Pesach, and there's not a whole lot to do in the house. I understand. Um, but, they, but they have to set up, you know, that, that, that might be something that we, we need to talk to parents about and, uh, in terms of parents setting up um, you know, appropriate expectations. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I've had over the years where a parent would come would, would say um, to me, and I think many people in, in, in education have had that, you know, where, where a parent would say, um, you know, please tell my son to do this such and such at home uh, because he'll listen to you, but he won't listen to me. So that, I find that very disturbing, you know, when I, when I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Um, it's uncomfortable for you to be put into that situation where you now have to sort of like um, be in between the two of them. Uh, right. And it just says so much about the, the family dynamics. Um, and it's not necessarily my place to to, to get involved with that um, in, in that situation. But, I, yeah, I think also you'll see there's probably two types of you know, I mean, there's more than two, but I think you could probably say there's some parents who say, look, you'll have plenty of time to be a um, uh, a responsible, working uh, adult whose fingernails have got easy off under them and he was going to be doing. Now is the time for him. We sent him away. We want him to just become a scholar, a student. This is the intense period of his youth. Um, those other things can come later. I think there's some parents that understand that. But I think, as you're right, there are other parents that feel overwhelmed. And now, let's say, especially if it's the oldest child or it's this is the youngest child and all the other kids are away. I think for those kids specifically, there's, uh, you know, uh, uh, the parent might feel, you know, <laughs> you know you've got to come here and, 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 and help, help the family, which, you know, in, in the old days, you know, when school was very much um, like in, you know, we, we, if we go back to the history of schooling, uh, the way it was in, um, in, you know, in the 19th century, where the school year was during the period where there wasn't the harvest, right? The school year started as the right, harvest ended, and and, it, and 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 it ended uh, when the kids were needed, right? That's the reason why we have this sort of anachronistic sense of the school year. So you sort of get the fact that. The, the kids, you know, as would come home and work on the farm, right? That's what it was. Like they were sent to school as a sacrifice that the parents had. But of course, during this intense period of the summer, this agricultural period, we need them. And that was the reason why you had the original, you know, huge three-month break. Um, so it was built to the idea that the kid would come and, and help out. But I think, you know, as we've changed from an agrarian society, we still have this leftover of these of that of that summer vacation. Um, and I, I think parents have remembered from their own youth that, hey, you know, um, you know the uh, you sent especially if you were sent away to school, that this maybe was a time to the cocoon to, to to create something different and maybe to now all of a sudden burst and say, OK, get out of here and, and you're going to be working. Um, I think probably for some kids, though, who are just learning to drive, there's probably a lot of enjoyment being able to uh, use their uh, permit to go on runs, right? To be able to get right, over well, the car. And in a sense, that's the trick. That's that's the trick all the time. That um, you know, you you're not. They shouldn't think that you know the the, um, the parent is the paro and, and they're the the <laughs> they're just reenacting the whole. Uh, um, situation over again but but to to, to kind of um uh brand it in a way that um uh, you're in, as a sort of an empowerment that, that their that their help is um uh, is a demonstration of, of of their ability to to uh, to be productive, not not just okay. You're you're here now. You're home now. So uh, uh, you know we're going to put you to work. 
you know, like most things in life, <laughs> it's, it's how you, you sell it and how you communicate it. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and teenagers are extremely sensitive creatures. And, uh, uh, you know, as, as confident as they, and with all the bravado, they're, 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 uh, it's, uh, internally, they're, 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 they're very soft. Sure. So, Sure. Which is really part of the what's shocking them because their bodies are large. They 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 they've got all those you know muscles and hormones developing, but emotionally they haven't caught up with that yet. And I think especially with boys, there's a there's a you know a sort of a a sense to overcompensate. You know, Yossi, let's talk a little bit about um, the difference between uh, let's say I know your school. You said most of the students you've told me in the past do go home, right? They do go home. Uh, every evening, or at least right, so most, most are local. We have we have a, a small handful that uh, um, that that dorm, but but even the ones that dorm, uh, they they go home for Shabbos, mm-hmm. uh, unless there's <clears throat> unless there's an in Shabbos, which they actually do have uh, um, once a month. So, right. but I think you know, you, I think we could probably you know divide stuff. I mean, if you know, I talk to you usually to get, you know, the perspective on a more yeshivish place. But I think even in, you know, if we, if we, if we sort of disregard like what, what's called yeshiva high schools uh, for a little bit, and we talk about even in the yeshivish places, so we probably have like three types, right? We have, you know, let's say we have yeshivas, which I don't know if <laughs> there may be a decline where the students, like when I went to yeshiva, where they were, we, we, we came back, every six months, you know, every seven months, you know, I went for, I, I came for, uh, I, sometimes there was even a discussion, not even coming for Sukkot, you know, you just went for hell. I don't know if we can afford you to come back, but let's say we would go back for after Yom Kippur, and then there would be a six or seven month, uh, uh, you'd be staying away. I, I didn't see my parents. Uh, I didn't call my parents. I mean, if I did, it was like, you know, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I had to, it was a very, uh, the phone calls were right, uh, yeah, complicated. Was, protocol. That's right. You had to figure out when you're going to get to the pay phone at what time you had to wait in line. Did you see them? I think for, for those students, meeting their parents like so sporadically was definitely something that was challenging and, and needed to be dealt with. And, and it was and many times it was even painful during the year for kids that, that missed their parents. And then I, I guess you have another, I don't know how many yeshivas like that there still are. I think there are a few still. Um, Cleveland Tells is still going and some other places are like that. Um, and then you have yeshivas that, uh, that although like, like, like yours, that most of the student body goes home every night and they have a couple of late nights during the week. And then you have sort of like a new phenomena that, that started to arise in the last, I guess, 30 years or so. Um, sort of out of town, but in town, like you have, and, and, and all these wonderful cities in New Jersey, especially have benefited from it, whether it's North Plainfield or Carteret. Um, and you know, there's probably a, a much bigger list that escapes me right now, a place that at one time had sort of a bustling, somewhat of a Jewish community, it had a building, and, you know, Rosh Hashiva said, hey, we need a place that's close to the megapolis of New York, but the kids are here. Um, you know, they go home, but they go home a lot more frequently. So I think really there's, there's sort of like this, this, I think there's three different types. And 
you know, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk about the old-fashioned type first. What are your, what are some of your thoughts about, you know, the like, you know, coming, you know, the, you know, you know could you imagine like having your having guys that are with you and they don't go home at all? I mean, it would be a very big challenge, I think, right, for today's kids. I I, th- I think it would be a very big challenge. Uh, you know, again, unless unless someone is coming from a home that's uh, you know, either dysfunctional on, on, on some level, or, um, um, or 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 a home that that's hostile to to the child being being from. Um, but for for most boys, they would be probably not very 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 comfortable uh, in, in that kind of um, uh, environment. And 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 although even though with you know, with um, cell phones and other ways of connecting, you know, I, I think it, it, it probably does. You, you need a certain metal of a child and uh, to be able to withstand, you know, six, seven months of no, no personal contact. Um, so right. I think that's just, just how society has, has, has evolved. Right. right. But, but this, the same homes that in our days, would send away for a long time today, you know, they feel that uh, they're going to give their kid the cell phone, they're going to be connected with them, they're going to talk much more than once a week, perhaps, and... uh, Right, I mean, we we used to joke when when certain certain of our kids went went to to Eretz Yisrael after high school, that, that we spoke to them more, uh, when, uh, you know, then than we did when they were actually home, you know, between <laughs> between cell phones and and and, uh, uh, and FaceTime and everything else, uh, you know. Right. So it's sort of that that experience, I think, is really again, we'll, we'll, you know, we we we'll have to recount it in our memoirs to to sort of like let people know about what it was like. But let's say you know you have let's say let's say schools like yours where we're yeshiva, but we go home every night. Um, do you, you know, it, do you see that ultimately? You know, as you, they they do have that daily interaction, although maybe some of them are just tired and crawl into bed and wake up early in the morning to get on the bus. But there still is that that involvement that I think lessens the the you know the the tension of what's this stranger doing in my house. Yeah, I, I you know again, there's always different ways to look at it, but but um, I think there's just a, a huge. Um, uh, educational benefit, educational in terms of, in terms of life experience, to 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 deal with that, to to live live in a family, you know, situation. You know, as I said at the beginning, each each the yeshiva is a social laboratory, but because besides all the academic stuff going on, you have to know how to how to get along with other people, um, and negotiate with other people, and navigate through social situations. Uh, and then in the family you do as well, and it, differently, um, maybe more intensely, maybe more emotionally. Uh, um, and that's, that's my sense of that is that's, that's very healthy. So and you, don't, you don't feel frustrated that you don't have them more. Now you don't, the, 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 the school, the Hanhola doesn't feel frustrated. Oh, we have to send them home. And you know, that maybe if they'd be here later at night, we'd be able to do even more extracurricular, we'd be even to be able to, you know, um, the travel times and all those things sort of. Yeah, you know, I, I guess there is that trade-off. Um, I guess I guess there is that trade-off. And, and there are, you know, there are situations where maybe um, 
you know, the family values are not quite in sync with what the yeshivas are. And, um, you know, um, is, is that a problem? Uh, yeah, so there, there is that trade-off. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, um, having, having that, that family experience and family bonding um, will give them skills that will be helpful later on. And, and, and maybe make them even a little more satisfied in school and less prone to act up. You know, I mean, when, when you talk when we, like when we talk about you know, the yeshivas that that sort of are somewhere in the middle where they the kids go home like every couple of weeks and they're close by, they're just within forty five minutes from their house. Um, now, this seems to be something which I think might be the you know in a way a pretty great medium. Um, you know, Havi Golu Melkam Torah is 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 what we are uh, told by Chazal. There is this idea of of leaving and growing up someplace, um, especially if you had kids and they weren't necessarily dysfunctional, but um, they, they, it gives them a chance, I think, to, in many ways, to remake themselves. You know, like if you have kids in a, in a school with the primarily their, their friends are from the same elementary school that they, that they were at in the same city. And now they're just going to the, you know, yeshiva option for people. Um, a lot of times the, the adolescent capability of turning it around, of you know, presenting themselves as something different is, 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 hard, is, is hampered by the familiarity. Well, I can't you know, do that. Everybody thinks I'm this guy because this is who I've always been. And I think sometimes you know, these yeshivas that have, have arisen that you know, in, 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 in this way, I think do allow because they're just, you know, they're, they're far enough away, it's close enough to come back. There's something about that, 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 that dynamism. I mean, you know, England, you know, I, I think this might be, I guess, a difference between England and the United States. You know, it seems like, you know, when, when, when you speak to uh, people from England and they talk about the successful ones, they all talk about which prep school they went to, right? Whether it was Eton or something like that. Right. And, 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 and these prep schools were very much like the yeshivas, like they, they went away and, right? And th- there seemed to be this attitude that this right, was- They were molded by the institution more so than their family, yeah. Right, and you, and, and you hear about this, like even in, you know, even as, as they go on. And I think that's, I think there, you know, there, there is, there, there, you know, to be, like we say, I think that's part of the theme here, to be able to pull that trick off, I think is always going to be, you know, a challenge. And, 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 and for parents who are wondering, like, what school is best for them, really need to, you know, really need to know that. I will, you know, end with one thing. I mean, both of us, um, you know, already at, at, an, at a stage where, you know, we think back fondly about when we were younger. And I, and I could just tell you, um, I mean, I know you, you went to a local yeshiva high school, but, you know, I went to Nary's when I was 13, and I, I always think, you know, boy, I, I, there was so much time with my parents that I missed. You know, I don't have my parents anymore, and, 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 and I, spent yeah. all the, you know, I spent all that time. And I think it's, um, you know, I, I think it's something that, that, we have to, that we have to emphasize. I mean, I'm not saying that if I would have spent time with them, it would, it would, have, been, it would have been all sweet, uh, you know, rose water and, and perfume. But it definitely would have given me a lot more. On that. Right, right. No, as you get older, you think you definitely think in those terms, uh, and parents think in terms um, 
you know, in the, in the current way of uh, um, they, they don't want to miss their 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 child's gro growing up. They don't want to, um, you know, they, they don't want to miss that. Um, and I honestly, I, I, I think it actually brings us as, as, as a school closer to, 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 the, uh, to the parents if, um, if the child is going home back and forth as opposed mm -hmm. to some room, uh, you know, where they don't, where it's, it's, it's a rare occurrence and it's the, the family is some kind of remote uh, entity. Um, so um, we don't really think about them. But if we know the child is going back and forth, um, makes us more sensitive to, to the families uh, that they're growing up in, and, and you know what their needs are and what their situation is. Yeah, listen, as, as Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village, but I think it it definitely it definitely takes you know it takes a, a three it takes this triumvirate of the student and the and the parents, and and you're right, the more the the more that connection. Uh, is is viable and it's and it's and it's palpable every single day. The easier it's going to be for a principal like you to pick up the phone if it's necessary uh, to talk to the parent or to maybe even ask and, and to bring the parents in. I mean, and, and and to be not just bring them in for you know parent night to see what's going on, but also many ways to help out and to uh, to really be a, a partnership that I think uh, right. really creates uh, an environment that is streamlined and as more organically uh, what we talk about we talk about uh, you know in, you know in, in, in our you know, we talk about the shul right the shula the the school is the shula that's the school and, and it, it was a community in europe was very much a you know very much a community um project despite the you know, whatever high levels of of academia that they were they were able to climb, it was ultimately entrenched in the community, and I think that's something that that made it strong and and and, and significant. So Yossi, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us before Pesach. I know that uh, uh, as as we all burrow into the uh, the zman of being hurried and rushed, uh, it's good to be able to sit and have such a a a, a, a leisurely talk about such a very important subject. We will catch you, Mitzvah Hopefully, maybe. Maybe next year, hopefully, as they hey, say, hey. As, as, as apropos Lashon Ahaba, definitely uh, Yerushalayim. Take care, everyone. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.